Welcome to the Dream Big Nation podcast. In this show, veteran recruiter, wealth mentor, and entrepreneur, Lisa Williams, will take you on a journey of exploration and discovery to learn what it takes to hire yourself. Are you ready to dream big and grow into the person you're meant to become? If so, you're in for a treat. And now, here is your host, Lisa Williams. Hello, friends. Welcome back to our Dream Big Nation podcast. I'm Lisa Williams, and I'm so excited to introduce to you my new friend, Mr. Dimitri Bomancheco. Dimitri, welcome to our show. How are you? Uh, Lisa, thanks uh, for having me. It's uh, great to be here with you. Absolutely. So Dimitri is going to fill our brains with common sense, and I love you're the, the, the name of your company, which is Sense Financial Services. And Dimitri and I had the pleasure to connect on LinkedIn. He's a fellow financial services professional. And I'm, you know, I'm really excited for you to give us some of your knowledge about what you do in your field, which Dimitri is a solo 401k expert. So we are going to learn a little bit about that. But first, I wanted to just Share um, with our audience a little bit about your backstory, Dimitri, because you truly are, in my opinion, kind of the epitome of the American dream in a lot of ways. So can you share with our audience a little bit about how you came to this country and, and what prompted that move? Sure, Lisa. Well, it will be 25 years that this fall that we immigrated here in this beautiful country, the best country on earth, by the way, that is forces trying to destroy this country, tear it apart, but it's still the best country on earth. And that's why we came here. We came from... I completely agree, by the way. I absolutely am on the same page with we you. We came from uh, former Soviet Union, from Russia. And uh, I was 22 at the time and didn't speak any English, didn't have any money. But we actually came as refugees. I was born and uh, raised in a Christian family. And my grandparents, as well as my parents, my father specifically, were experienced some persecution for their faith in previous years. I didn't personally experience much of that, but we came with the refugee status and it was kind of a dream come true because when we applied first for, you know, to, for the migration here, it, it probably was about four years that we had to wait. So when that was announced, it was kind of, kind of like a dream. It was kind of unreal at first. What, what was that like? So were you, were you still in Russia when you applied or, and, and you yes, were just yeah, kind of waiting? Uh, I, okay. you know, I was lived my whole life in, in, in Russia. Actually, I was born in Kazakhstan. It's a pretty interesting story. My grandparents were living in Kazakhstan and that's where my parents met and then they moved to Russia. Oh. And my mom she will go visit her parents every summer. It was a three-day ride on the train. So it wasn't a, a, a close distance. And she was pregnant with me when she went to visit her parents. And I was born there. I was, was born in Kazakhstan, so my birthplace is Kazakhstan, but I never lived there. Oh, that's there. <laughs> funny. Do you, do you have, would you have had dual citizenship then? Or how does uh, that work? Well, I mean, it was part of uh, Soviet Union. More of just a, at, at a, a yeah. county, so, county in a sense or something Yeah, like so that. those were republics of the Soviet Union. Then uh, it, it fell apart. So 
no, I did not have pretty much anything to do with Kazakhstan other than that being my birthplace. I, I would love to step back a minute because you talk about persecution, you know, due to religion. And that is actually one thing we connected on immediately when we met was our, our common faith. And I think you we take it so for granted living here in the U.S. that we are able to worship whatever we want. And I would love to, I know you were young, but what do you remember? Or maybe what have you, what do you recall your parents sharing with you about that persecution? Well, I can briefly tell you about my grandfather, who's now passed away, both my grandparents on my mom's side passed away. And my grandma, my father's side passed away as well here. They were blessed to to come here. But my mom was about three years old and my uh, grandfather, they held a small Bible study in their uh, small apartment. She was about, my mom was three years old and uh, he, somebody basically told the authorities about that and he people came, got him arrested and he was uh, sentenced to death actually for for. Uh, for that, as he was declared enemy of the people, just for for having his Christian faith. And God spared his life, and that sentence was changed to 25 years of imprisonment, which then actually ended in about five years, because there was a change in the government, and he got amnesty, and he was released. He, he ended up serving five years. Wow. Uh, and you, you actually sent me the story of that about that it's called under deep waters is that something you share you know with the world or is it just special for your family i don't really share that unless you need again, to dimitri i mean what, what i'd like to share with the world <laughs> speaking with you and your listeners is that you have to treasure the mm-hmm. the freedoms that we have and i was shocked at the degree that people just gave up their freedoms or given up their freedoms you know, look at the last year. I mean, it's it's, it's shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's so precious to have the freedoms that we have here in this country. And once you give it away, once government takes the freedom, you're not getting it back. Yeah, you're not no. getting it back. But you know, and and people who many people who grew up here and they kind of grew up in a bubble. Mm-hmm. without really knowing what's going on out there in the world. I'm I think especially here in California a little bit. We have our own unique bubble, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm so thankful that I have the background that I have mm-hmm. of uh, you know uh, not experiencing that personally but uh, certainly in my family and also just I'm one of I'm from a large family. I'm one of nine boys. Wow! I have eight brothers. Okay. Uh, and we we didn't have any. I mean, we just had the essential things. We had food on the table. We had a roof over our head, and that's pretty much it. And here in this country, people are so blessed, but they take it for granted. Yeah, uh, I'm so are glad your, that. Are your brothers all here too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody came here, so everybody. And you know, here. you said something that that struck me because I find, you know, I have, I, I'm a recovering corporate executive. I, you know, I haven't been in this world of entrepreneurship long, like you have, but I do notice some, a commonality. And that is a lot of immigrants are actually wildly successful 
as an entrepreneur, much more so sometimes than, you know, just American raised. And I, I wonder why, why do you think that might be? Well, because, you know, for example, back in, in Russia, there will not be an opportunity for me to succeed as, as I did here because, because of the system of the taxation and, and so forth that just will not allow you to do so. And uh, here you have the opportunity. And, you know, if you work hard, you'll benefit from it. And uh, a lot of young people actually don't know what's going on in the world. They're cheering for socialism without realizing what that mm-hmm. is. You know, it right. sounds good, but it never works because socialism is basically taken from people who have and given it to those who don't have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now I have a business and I, I consider myself blessed. And uh, if I work harder, I can, I can earn more. But guess what? If, if my profits are taken away from me, I have no incentive to work harder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So, yeah, initially that might work. And those who have more will be distributed to those who don't have much. But eventually, those who have more, they, they're not going to be motivated to work. I mean, it's. Right. Uh, I remember this example. Let me just share it briefly. I'm going to try to recreate that in my mind. Is basically a, a, a teacher gave an assignment to students to kind of demonstrate how socialism works. And he said, okay, go ahead and do the test, and then we'll, we'll give an average grade to everybody. And so some people basically their performance was an A, but some people, their performance was C. And so on average, it was B. Everybody got B. Well, those people who work hard, preparing for the test, they said, well, what's the point of me working hard? I'm not going to work as hard next time. And those who did not work hard, they, they said, okay, well, I didn't work hard and I actually got a better grade. So the next test, nobody pretty much was put in their best effort and the average was D. (laughs) So it's like, it's reminiscent of that, that bell curve that I don't know if you ever heard about how Microsoft used to bonus people is they would rate them on a, a bell curve, you know, and it was like only a very small percentage could actually get the highest bonus, you know, or whatever. So, you know, you came to the States then and you, did you go straight away to school, university here? And well, when I came here, we, we didn't speak any English. So we took uh, some ESL classes and, you know, we, we were placed on welfare. So we did receive welfare for uh, about three months, maybe. So we took some classes and then we got introduced to employment agency and me and all of my brothers, we got some kind of a job. Well, my mm-hmm. first job was working on the assembly line with a bunch of Asian people. Actually, none of us speak, almost speak any English, but we did work that uh, doing that assembly, earning 4.75 an hour, and uh, continued to take, went to college, and uh, just continued to learn English. And I then later on took some additional classes and translated my degree, which was equivalent in BS in electromechanical engineering, got that translated, got a better job and, and then better job after that. And uh, when were you, were you ever an engineer? Did you practice yeah, that? Yeah, I worked as an engineer for a number of years. Okay. So it makes sense that you're, you're a math guy too. 
and numbers numbers make sense to yeah, you then yeah, yeah. But my my i guess my engineering hat i i have to put that on quite yeah. often so that that's yeah. definitely a bonus uh well, it was I mean, uh, oh go ahead yeah I, I remember working actually worked as a as a manufacturing engineer my my last job and i remember it was a stressful uh position i was responsible yeah. for two manufacturing departments and i remember coming coming home and uh, oftentimes bringing those problems from the production floor with me so it to was your, a stressful to your time. family to your family's life yeah so i i didn't yeah. i didn't really enjoy that but now looking back i do see that experience was very helpful to me. I, I enjoy what I'm doing now and the experience that I gained uh, there, even though it wasn't really pleasant experience to me at the time, but I can see it was very beneficial experience to me now. So what prompted your move to hire yourself when you started your business? What? How did yeah, that it's, start? Uh, it's kind of got uh, orchestrated all of that kind of. Uh, as When I was working as an engineer, I got... Uh, laid off and that prompted we actually just got married we bought our first town home and that prompted me to go look for something else and i actually got recruited to, to a financial firm and started in the financial services at the time and, and about the same time i got uh, introduced to real estate investing so i started that in, in a couple of years later and then eventually i left financial uh, services and I uh, moved full time into real estate. Was working with the local firm there, and then was um, that your? Did we talk about Marshall Reddick? Is that yes? yes mm-hmm. I remember. I we did that. I did that for a small glimmer of time too, more as an investor versus mm-hmm. I didn't really do the business like you did. So that must have been a really fun experience. I yeah, bet you it learned was fun so much. experience. And actually there, that's where everything was born because we, we, we worked with investors and there was a period of time, 2008, nine, where the market uh, crashed. Many people lost their credit scores and people actually wanted to use retirement accounts to, to invest. And uh, tried to work with several companies. None of them worked out long term. And because of my experience and my background, I was given a task to start a department doing this within the, the company. And then that's what I did. And then about a year later, I branched out on my own in 2010. So that's kind of uh, the back yeah. story. So how did you how did you land on 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 solo four hundred one k experts? Yeah, I started doing IRAs and I did that for for about a year, and then I because being uh, in the circles, I learned about solo four hundred one k, and uh, that was also a learning experience for me and getting all the licenses and everything in place to be able to offer that. And once we did, our business shifted dramatically. So right now we're probably doing 90 to 95% 401ks, solo 401ks. There are still few IRA clients because not everybody is eligible for solo 401k. But because solo 401k is so much better, uh, if you are eligible, it's it's yeah. not So let's let's kind of get let's get into the brass tacks of that. Cause I you know, act like I'm a second grader when it comes to this, because this is completely new to me. So first of all, like define that, 
that concept for our listeners, first of all? What sure. Type well, of plan? many of your listeners probably familiar with the 401k, right? If they work for a company, if it's a private company, the company usually offers a 401k where you can set aside portion of your paycheck to go into this 401k account. If you work for like a government school or, or some other uh, nonprofit, you might have 457 or 403B accounts, which are similar. But uh, a solo 401k, the, the word solo implies a single individual. So it's basically designed for those people who are either self-employed uh, or uh, they own a business without full-time employees. So if that's the case for you, then you can establish actually a 401k for your small business. Now, it's a simplified version of the 401k in, in terms that there is no uh, compliance that needs to be done. Because if you have employees, there's a lot of compliance you got to do. But because are there as many fees as the 401k? <laughs> yes. Yeah, there are fees. And just, you know, it's it's very complex when you have the employees. But if it's a 401k, just set up for the owner only. It's another name for it is owner only 401k or individual 401k or a solo 401k. So typically there is a one or two uh, persons who are participants, the, the owner and maybe his spouse, if the spouse is also involved in the business. And so it's very easy to administer, but it gives you pretty much unlimited investment options. You're not limited to just a stock market. You can invest in alternative assets like real estate. You can invest in precious metals. You can invest in real estate syndications. You can do private lending. Uh, cryptocurrency. Bitcoin, cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. That's a, that's a hot one right now. Yep. Yeah, so it's a hot one. You, you have the ability. You, you cannot do that with the conventional retirement account, but with the right. solo 401k, you can. So you have a lot more flexibility. And is it are the are the fees as high as the traditional four hundred one k? Would you say? Well, you you don't have the fees based on the investments because it's basically again quote unquote self directed plan. Uh, we it. charge a small fee for maintaining the plan documents, the back end, but the okay. front end, all the investments handled by the account owner or by the plan owner. So you handle all of that. You control all the investments. You do all the record keeping. We just maintain the back end, make sure that you're compliant with the IRS. So it's very inexpensive to maintain. Now, I know when I was a W-2 employee, which is most of my career, I had limitations on how much I could invest because I was, I mean, we were considered, you know, kind of the high earner category and they they really, it was, again, it was kind of like on an average of the employees there, what everyone could invest, it seemed like sometimes. And I, is there a limit on how much you can save? Well, you, you're talking about uh, limit on the contributions, not the, on the investment. So there is a limit Correct. how much you can contribute to the 401k. Once the contribution is inside the 401k, you can invest all of it. There is no typically no limit how much you can invest, but right. there is a limit on contributions. So with the 401k, that limit is $19,500 per mm-hmm. year. But because solo 401k is essentially a 401k slash profit sharing plan, there is also the employee employer component uh, or a profit sharing component that your company can contribute. So there is essentially you can contribute as both employee and the employer. So oh, the that's brilliant! So you can match yourself, basically. 
Yeah, so it's not, again, it's not matching, but it's called the profit sharing. But the combined maximum uh, is $58,000 per year. Wow. And then if you're over 50, then there is a catch up. So essentially up to $63,000 you can contribute in a year. I mean, that's that's huge. And if you're a so husband-wife business... I, that's I mean, what I was just going to say. So if, my, if, if we set one up and my husband was also engaged in the company he could also do that you can double that essentially yeah so i've been thinking okay. about so it's not only you know all the previous benefits that we talked about this just talking about uh, the tax shelter mm-hmm. i mean if you if you're in the business for yourself and you successful you're making more money which means you're paying more taxes the yeah. more you make the more you you pay in taxes to uncle sam but imagine being able to shelter 100 plus thousand dollars of your income from taxes. Well, what that's going to do immediately, that's probably going to drop you into a lower tax bracket because yeah. that's a huge reduction in income. And then yeah. as a result, you're going to be paying in the lower tax bracket and significantly lower amount. So, I mean, if you maximize this, it's it can easily save you 20 plus thousand dollars in taxes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and then huge. and then you couple maybe some cash value life insurance, you know, that I'm a big proponent of that. Did you read that book, by the way, that I sent you? I started, but wasn't able to complete that. Come on, Dimitri. <laughs> I need to <laughs> need to find the time. Yeah. And and so picking back on that is that you, you have, you know, once you make those contributions, now you have the freedom to invest this money any way you want you're not just like if you're if you have an ira or 401k with fidelity uh that means you can only invest in the investments that are offered by fidelity right you can do anything else here with this vehicle you have unlimited investment options but mm-hmm. virtually unlimited IRS says that the only investment that you cannot make with your 401k is collectibles so okay. collectibles are not allowed. That's just an IRS limitation. But if you are with the plan provider like Fidelity or Schwab or whoever else, then those providers, they place limitations because they, they obviously want you to invest with them only. Mm-hmm. So we're not an investment provider. We're a plan provider. So we don't place any limitations. It's pretty much open architecture. Yeah. Um, you can invest in virtually anything that you that you desire. So, you know, not that you will invest in everything because you you got to, you know, learn and uh, but you want to invest in something that you understand. Yeah. Now, what are the what are the qualifications to 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 create a solo case? Yeah, so the qualification is that you have to be either self-employed or own a business, has to be legitimate business that produces earned income. And uh, uh, number two, you cannot have any uh, full-time employees. Uh, okay. Part-time employees under 500 hours a year is okay. You can have part-time employees, but uh, not full-time employees. So Got if it. you, again, you know, if you're self-employed, you're doing some consulting or you might be a, 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 a contractor or maybe you're doing some some additional work, lawyers, doctors who are independent yeah. agents. What about if you're, you know, because I, I meet a lot of people that are, that are, they still are employed, but they also have a business. Is that, would yeah, that Yeah, that's qualify? totally fine. So the, okay. the, fact that, the fact that you employed doesn't have any weight on you being able to qualify 
Okay. 401k. As long as you have a side business or again self-employment activity, you're eligible. Yeah. Uh, now th- there might be some other implications. For example, if you're employed and you have a 401k at your employer and you participate there, this the limit that I mentioned earlier, nineteen thousand five hundred. This is a limit per person. Right. So okay. It's a maximum that you can put as an employee in our 401k plans. So you might be again participating in two different plans, the, the employer plan and you have your own solo 401k plan. Got it. As an employee, 195 is the max you can put combined. However, solo 401k has its own limit, its own combined limit, and that, like I said, $58,000 plus $6,500 catch up if you're over 50. That's great. Yeah. So, so, and let's talk about what, you know, where a lot of people are in transition right now. They're, they've maybe been laid off. They've been, you know, they've, maybe they've been at home and they're really enjoying this work from home life. And they're not necessarily, you know, anticipating really looking forward to getting back to the office. So many people are thinking about something new in their lives. What would what would you suggest they do if they were interested in doing something like what you're doing? And what what you know are what particular licenses do you have to have? Things like that. Well, there's many opportunities, and and the beauty I'm just gonna maybe share the concept is uh, I learned that early on is that you know, if you want to start a business, you can certainly do that. You just have to identify the problem and come up with the solution. There so you go. You up people, as a result, you will benefit. So, and we're living, I mean, it's pretty amazing the, the number of people that are around us. I mean, it's pretty much endless number of people. And another beauty of the age that we live in now is you don't have to meet face-to-face with people. I mean, a lot of businesses can be done online over, you know, over internet. You can provide services online. So it certainly is something. One thing that I learned when I was involved in the financial services is I remember attending a, like a seminar or some presentation. It was kind of major event, but I don't remember many details from that particular event, but I do remember this segment. There were two authors. I don't remember their name. I still have the book, but the book called ABCs of Making Money. Okay. And there is what was one concept that I've they read shared. that. I'm trying to remember who is that by. I'll think yeah, of it. I have it in my bookshelf, but again, ABCs of making money. And the concept is that you would like, you want to create multiple streams of income. So, and if you do have a job and, and if you're blessed to work from home, that's great. But remember, you don't own this job. Mm-hmm. This job was given to you and it can be taken away from you. So it's always good to have some additional source of income and you can certainly invest but you know, not everybody in the position to start investing immediately. You have to have income to invest. So actually starting something on the side can be a great way to supplement your income, to grow your income. And that will... Another concept that I learned early on is the book by Robert Kiyosaki called The Cash Flow Quadrant. Love it. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Yes, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But specifically, I want to mention Cash Flow Quadrant because... He's uh, introducing this concept. There's four ways to make money, four legal ways. As an employee, 
as a self-employed, as a business owner, and then as an investor. You know, most people on the left side of the quadrant, either employed by a company or maybe they're self-employed, but you 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 want to be on the right side. Yeah. So I've been blessed to get on the right side. I, I was able to build a business. I was working in that business for many years hard, but I do have a system that now works for me and I, I don't have to work yeah. for money. And I have investments that work for me. I don't have to work for for that. And I continue to reinvest. Yeah. I don't yeah. need that much. So it, it's. Well, and you continue, you know, one of the things I like about you also, Dimitri, is you continue to learn. And I think that's sometimes a, a forgotten skill set in our world. It's like we, I had an interview a couple months back with a mindset coach. Her name's Deb Erickson. And she talked about, it's like, we're trained in our university system to, it's like we we graduated. It's like we obtained something. And then almost like our learning is done in a sense, right? And I think what I love about your story is that you you came here, you, you completely, you know, obviously had to reinvent yourself as now an American. You went to school, you you landed in a job that admittedly you didn't love, and and yet you you took those skills and you used them to create what you are now doing today. And you you kept learning and building on that. And you know, I just I just wanted to, you know, ask you for people that might be thinking right now, my gosh, what, what am I going to do next? Like, what, what can I do? What should I do? What should I be? I mean, what would you say to them coming from your, your life that you've lived? Well, you know, it, it, it's not going to necessarily happen overnight for you or you you will have idea overnight what you're going to do i mean keep thinking about this and again do kind of analysis of your assets and and what i mean by assets not you know the, the physical assets that you, have, you but have your you know what yeah. you have here your your skills and your knowledge how can you you know how can you utilize that can somebody else use that can you can you leverage that in in some way or another and that's like I said uh, earlier is come come you know kind of finding the problem and then coming up with the solution, you know. And the, the part of the solution might be the skills that you have, mm-hmm. uh, because the, there are people who don't possess the skills but they need job to be done, and uh, you can provide you can be the solution uh, for that. And another thing that I want to share is that there are people who really who might be willing to help you, you know, network. Network, There's a lot of, lot of people like that. You know, get yeah. to know people. And there, there are people who are successful mm-hmm. uh, in, in life and business. And they'll be happy to take you kind of under their wing and coach you and maybe give you some direction. I had a person like that in my life that we met regularly in the beginning years of my, you know, my, my growing my business. He wasn't necessarily a business person, but he was just a mature uh, person. You know, he yeah. had more wisdom, more experience, and that was very helpful. Just even as a mental support. Yeah, uh, I remember yeah. There were stressful times sometimes. How do you how do you continue to support your your mindset growth now? Well, I I don't really have you know troubles with that. Okay. <laughs> or 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 challenges with that. So I mean, I I still network and I talk to people. 
but you know that that was really instrumental for me in the in the beginning 100% yeah well and you you said it i mean there's and there's so much there's so much free content out there you can pay for coaches there's so many wonderful networking groups i i host one every friday called wealth the wealth minded series that there's so many ways that people can right. plug in tell us you know i i'm curious just in general you know, what do you see as kind of the forecast for the financial future? Because we've been we've been in the longest running bull market in the history of our nation right now. And there there obviously is a correction that's going to come at some point. You know, what are you foreseeing in the you know coming years? Well, I wish I had that uh, crystal ball <laughs> for yeah. you, Lisa, and for your listeners I don't and you know I'm not you know overall financial expert I my knowledge and my expertise is is limited I have some experience yeah solo 401k is is not something that I do you know day every day and and so that is my expertise but overall you know I agree with you it's been the correction's been kind of overdue one thing that just just the concept again to share and that's something to have in mind always you know not just during this time when there might be a possible correction is a, a concept of diversification yeah uh, if you invest you want to be diversified you know bible has a lot of wisdom on on, on life in general and specifically in the finances and in the Ecclesiastes, there is one verse that I love that says, divide your portion into seven or eight, because you do not know what misfortune may occur on earth. Mm-hmm. You don't know mm-hmm. what tomorrow may bring. So you want you don't want to have all of your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that may not be applicable for you know 100 percent of the people because there might be some baskets that are more, you know, kind of foolproof. Than others, but for for most people out there, this is really good concept. It's certainly yeah. applicable to me. Uh, I do diversify. I I'm a real estate investor, so I do invest in real estate. But I started diversifying, so I don't just you know invest in. I, I have a couple of rentals, but I do private lending, so I, I invest as a lender and mm-hmm. uh, not not actually as an owner. And then I do invest in a larger uh, commercial multifamily. Uh, properties where they're mm-hmm. professionally managed, and and I have a little bit uh, money in the market as well. So it's it's important to diversify. Well, and I think you know you said something that struck me also, and that is, you know, diversification of your of your income as well, not just from an asset allocation, but you know, a, a business that produces income for you eventually with a system that eventually if you put effort into that system, it will continue to pay you dividends. Now, I would love to talk briefly about just the whole financial services vertical in general, because it is the highest paid vertical in the world outside of entertainment and professional sports. And it, you know, from a, you talked about finding a problem and providing a solution. So let's talk about we are in the midst of what they're calling the largest wealth transfer in the history of mankind because of the baby boomer population. And so, you know, thinking about someone, if they were thinking about transitioning into this industry, 
what are some things that you would suggest they do? Maybe to first see if they like it, you know, are there books that you might suggest or how, how might someone get into doing what you do? Well, when you say doing what I do, what specifically you mean? Solo 401k or expert or, you know, you, you are a lot, you are certainly self-taught in a lot of ways, but was, was there someone that taught you, I guess is what I'm saying. Not really. Not okay. really. I had to, you know, I had to go and dig and, and meet with people and, and gather, gather information. I mean, this is what I do is a niche. Yeah, it's not very well known. And it, it is a niche, but there is a need for it. There's a uh, tremendous need for it. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, you know, I'm not going to be specific, narrowing on, on, you know, one thing or another. But I think it's important for people to understand just the concept because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I enjoy doing what I'm doing. You yeah. know, I've been approached a couple of times to, you know, to sell my business. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't want to do that. I, I really enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, well, there's a reason. I mean, most, you know, the average um, age of, of advisors these days is over the age of 55. You know, and there's only there's three hundred less than three hundred thousand licensed professionals in the entire U.S. In a time when the need is the greatest, so I don't see why you would retire. You need to. You might as well keep doing what you're doing, especially when you love it and continue to serve others at the same time. Yeah, I'm, I enjoy doing what I'm doing, and you know, I'm not the type that you know will the sit on the beach and uh, drink. Uh, margarita and you know kind of with their feet up i mean i i enjoy going places and you know visiting new places and yeah traveling and just being out there i, I love nature yeah we uh, did some travel this past uh, last year last summer went to sedona arizona we explored that beauty we went on the on the coast up uh, california coast oregon and seen redwoods and there was so much beauty there but, you know, I still have family and life and my daughter's at school and, you know, I can travel, you know, all the time. Maybe later on when she's in college, perhaps yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. be taking more time off. But, but I mean, Dimitri, what you've created for yourself is you decide when you're going to do that. You know, you don't have to ask a boss, hey, can I get X amount of days off to go up, you know, to Sedona, right, or whatever. And I think, you know... For those listening that haven't thought about this world of entrepreneurship yet, you know, it, it can be a little scary. It certainly can be lonely, right, Dimitri? A little, a little lonely at times. But I tell you what, when you really find something that you that you're passionate about, like Dimitri has, and you obviously are also teaching people at the same time. I can tell you enjoy teaching also. I feel like there's just really something special when people find what they're what they're meant to do. And so that's what this podcast is all about is helping people encourage them to continue to explore what life really wants them you know, to do. So I thank you for sharing your story. Dimitri, one more question I had is do you have to be do you have to hold any certain licenses to do what you do? Well, you have to have a license with IRS for as a as a solo K expert essentially or license provider, for that particular the, the provider. provider. Yes. Okay. 
Okay, got it. So that's something I could even add to my toolbox if I wanted as a licensed professional. We need to talk about that more. That sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah. I meet entrepreneurs every single day and so many of them are so just like completely illiterate about how money works. And that's one of the things that I really am hoping to do with this podcast as well. So, hey, Dimitri, thank you for joining us. It's so lovely to meet you and, and learn from you. Sure. You're very welcome, Lisa. I, I enjoyed uh, our conversation. Me too. So, Dimitri, where can our listeners find you um, if they would like to work with you and learn more about how you can help their business? Well, you can find me on, on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is unique and it's, it's going to be easy to find. And on Facebook, you can also find me on Bigger Pockets, which is a social uh, networking site for real estate investors. And you can go to our website, which is sensefinancial.com. Sense is like common sense because and the, the you, you did mention that, but the story behind it is, you know, uh, what I'm talking about and what I'm trying to teach people is just the common sense concepts yeah. uh, that has to do with finances. They, they, they make sense. Absolutely. I love it. We're so in alignment, my friend. Well, thank you for joining us. To my amazing Dream Big Nation listeners, I'm so blessed to be part of your day. I hope these stories are helping you grow as an individual. And if you aren't already, maybe giving you a little bit of courage to take that brave leap and hire yourself. So blessings to you in this amazing life journey, my friends, and we will see you soon. Bye, Dimitri. Bye. Hey, Dream Big Nation community. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to learn more about working with Lisa and her team directly, go to lisawilliamsco.com and learn how to hire yourself.